Amen. The lion and the lamb. The lion and the lamb. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Let me tell you what. Nothing stopped him in 2023. Do you agree, church? And nothing can stop the Lord in 2024. And that's a great hope and that's a great promise because when you think back to 2023, you've gone through some stuff, haven't you? Some of y'all still have some leftovers of 2023 in your refrigerator, right? You need to clean those things out. We are done with 2023. The blessings, that's great, but we need fresh bread today. Who can stop the Lord? No one. So even as we roll into 2024, you may already be facing some things, but you need to grab hold of that hope. 2024, the lion and lamb, he's going to take care of you. So how is your 2024? We are 14 days in. We are two weeks in. How how is it so far? You like it? Do you like 2024? (laughs) The teachers in here are going, I thought we'd get snow day on Tuesday, and it's not going to happen now, right? Uh, How are your resolutions going? Everything going great? You're keeping everything right every single day, right? You've been running five miles a day, right? You said you were going to do that, right? Uh, Have you lost the 30 pounds yet? Two weeks. Have you lost the 30 pounds? You've read the Bible all the way through three times, correct? Everybody got that one done? Anybody uh, win the lottery? If you do, Thomas Road Baptist Church, tithing to us, that would be a great thing. No, don't tithe to us. Tithe to the Lord. 2024 is going to be a good year because God is in this year. And where are we going to go? Pastor Jonathan last week talked about walking with Jesus in 2024. And we all agree, right? This is church. We all agree that we should be walking with Jesus. And so as we get started, I want to ask three questions to you today, right? Three questions. First of all, Where are you walking in 2024? Where are you headed in 2024? If we come back here next, uh, in 12 months from now in December, and we all get back together, where are you going to be at the end of this year? You say, I don't know what the year holds, and I don't know either, but I know which way your feet are pointed, and I know which way my feet are pointed. So first question is this, where are you headed in 2024? Where are you walking to? When you get where you're going, where will you be? When you get where you're going, where will you be this year? Second question, who are you following? Who are you following? I'm not following anybody. I'm my own man, I'm my own woman. You know, I march to my own drumbeat. Yeah, you're following someone. You're influenced by someone. So who are you following? Third question, who are you walking with? Who are you going to walk through 2024 with? Don't walk alone. You say, oh, I got people with me. All right. But are they the people that are really going to get you through 2024? Do you have a group? Do you have a caravan? Do you have a little hiking group that's going to get you through 2024? Or are they going to lead you off the path? Is that relationship going to get you where you want to go with the Lord? Or is it going to be something that is destructive and distracting to you? Or do you have people that are going to help you walk healthy and humble and holy throughout this year? Pastor Jonathan talked about why we should walk 
with Jesus. And I think we all agree, almost everybody in here and watching, we agree you should walk with God. But the problem is, we don't always do it because it's difficult. And some of us don't understand how to do it. So today, we're gonna talk about how to walk with Jesus in 2024. And it's gonna be actually very simple. Matter of fact, a lot of you could come up here right now and teach this lesson to us. We know it, the question is, are we gonna do it? The old statement is true. Most of us, if you've been a church person for a long time, we don't need to increase in knowledge, we need to increase in obedience. In other words, in 2024, you need to do the things you know you need to do. So I'm gonna start with a verse, and we're gonna come back to it. Jesus says this in Luke chapter nine, and he also repeats this in Luke chapter 14. But in Luke chapter nine, here is one of Jesus' very simple statements of how you walk with him. Then he said to them all, if anyone wants to follow after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life because of me will save it. Very simple instructions on how to walk with Jesus this year. I keep repeating this word, and you're going to hear it a lot over the next few minutes. The little word walk. Uh, If you would ask me, what is my idea? As I read scripture, what do I think is the main concept, the, the, the big idea about spiritually maturing or growth or what's God trying to do? I would really summarize the whole Christian life down to one word, walk, walk. And I think I have scripture to back it up. God wants us to walk with him. That's the whole purpose of creation. In Genesis chapter three, right from the beginning, well, the garden is fresh, but sin has just happened. We see that God is walking. Notice this. He says, it says that Adam and Eve, they heard the sound of the Lord God, what? Walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? He creates Adam and Eve in his image. He gives them a perfect world to take care of, creation care and a mandate, but they want more. It's not enough what God gave them. They can get more. And so they grab that fruit, knowledge of good and evil that they should have trusted their creator with. And they eat it and they know they're naked, not just physically, but spiritually. And they're ashamed and embarrassed and scared. And they hide themselves behind the trees of the garden, the very place they took the fruit off of. Sometimes we hide behind our sin, don't we? And they hear the sound of God walking in the day. The Hebrew language here kind of almost gives us the idea. It's not just a quiet walking. There's a, maybe a sound of a wind, maybe a strong wind blowing through the garden. God asks them a diagnostic question. Not a geographical diagnostic question, but a spiritual diagnostic question. Notice his question to them, and this is a great question for you to start off with in 2024. God looked at them and asked, where are you? And he knew where they were. They're hiding behind a little tree. It's like your three-year-old grandson. Well, you can't see me. You're like, you're standing right there. But he wanted to ask them, where are you? Because he knew that their hearts had gone away from him. 
But don't miss the fact that God wanted to walk with his creation. And this flows all the way through the Old Testament. Just tour this real quick. We'll just fly over it. Enoch in Genesis chapter 5. It says that Enoch walked with God for 300 years and he had other sons and daughters. And later on the verse tells us that Enoch walked so close with God that one day they kept walking and they just walked home to God's house. It's an early picture of Jesus coming back one day to take us with him without dying. Then we read Noah in Genesis chapter 6. It tells us that Noah was a godly man. He was blameless among his contemporaries. He, what? Walked with God. Abraham, the great hero of the faith, just a few chapters later in Genesis chapter 17, it says, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am the sovereign God walk before me blameless. Then his son, his grandson, Isaac and Jacob in Genesis chapter 48 tells us that they walked with God. And then their sons and daughters and tribes, Israel as the nation, God wants to walk with his people, Israel. And in Exodus chapter 16, as they're getting this nation started, God asked, will they walk in my law or not? Leviticus chapter 18, a few books into the Torah, and here's what God says. It says, you must observe my regulations and you must be sure to walk in my statutes. I am the Lord your God. A few chapters later in the book of Leviticus, chapter 26, he says this, I will walk among you and I will be your God and you will be my people. What a glorious promise. Matter of fact, 10 times in the book of Leviticus, God promises, I will walk among you. I, I will be your God and you can be my people. We have this marriage covenant. And he repeats that all the way throughout. Deuteronomy, he brings this idea of walking to us as parents and grandparents in the great Shema that uh, Hebrews, that Jews will quote often. He says, you must teach the law to your children and speak of it as you sit in your house, as you walk along the road, as you lie down and as you get up. Pay attention, he's giving us instruction of how to walk with Jesus in 2024. Samuel, the great prophet in 1 Samuel chapter 12, it says he walked with God. The great kings of the Old Testament, David and Solomon, they walked with God. 1 Kings chapter 3, David was going away and Solomon was coming on the scene. And it says that Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statutes of David his father. And then he said to God, David, my father, because he walked before you in faithfulness, I will walk with you. And so all the way through the Old Testament, you constantly see this picture of God walking with his people. As a matter of fact, I would submit to you, and you've studied the Bible, I've done a little Bible study. If you were to ask me, what's the theme of the whole Bible? Somebody at work asks you, what's the theme of the whole Bible? So, well, the, the simple answer is God, okay? And it's not as the old statement goes, it's the Bible is the story of man seeking after God. That sounds good, but it's not true because Romans tells us no one seeks after God. The Bible is God seeking after man. Matter of fact, I would say this, I would say the theme this way, and I've got it on a little chart here. The theme of the whole story is this. The Bible is God walking with his people in good places. The Bible is all about God walking with his people in good places. Bible students, I'm giving you a little help here for classes as you get going, right? Because in the Old Testament, what's the theme? The theme is God walking his people towards a savior. 
towards his Savior. In the New Testament, the theme is God walking his people with the Savior. God is always walking his people in good places. He created Eden and he said, and it's good and it's good and it's good. He always wants to be in a good place with you. He wants you to be in good places. In the Old Testament, the theme kind of goes that first of all, God was walking with his people in a garden. And then Abraham comes up and they start, he walks with God around altars. And then he walks, uh, God walks with his people in a tabernacle. And then he walks with his people in a temple. And he even walks his people into a foreign land, even when they are sinning and rebellious, but he's always trying to walk with them. Then we get to the New Testament. It's a great story. The New Testament is God walking with his people through a body. The word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. Jesus, incarnation, Emmanuel. By the way, Christmas time, Emmanuel, he's with us. Let me just help you out. On January 14th, he's still with us. He hasn't left you after Christmas. And then he walks with us, God walks with us through a house. Ephesians says that we are the household of God, the church. And so God is walking with us here right now while I'm talking in a good place, his house. And one day, brothers and sisters, we look forward to physically seeing Jesus again. And one day, we will walk with God and he will walk with us in a good place, a new city. The city of Jerusalem and a new heaven and a new earth, the old has passed away and all is made new. Are you looking forward to that day? And so this is the theme of the whole Bible. If you can capture this, all the books go, they, they just hang on all of these shelves. In the New Testament, when we do get there, of course, the New Testament letters tell us that we're to walk. You can do the Google on it and look up the word walk in the New Testament. New Testament authors tell us that we're to walk in newness of life. We're to walk in the spirit, not in flesh. We're to walk in love. We're to walk in faith. We're not to walk by uh, not sight. We're to walk in good works. We're to walk worthy and wise and children of light. We're to walk as pleasing to God. We're to walk properly and we are to walk in the truth. Walking, that's how you get through 2024. For you college students that are just getting ready, man, you're just rolling into your classes. How am I gonna handle this semester? These 15, 16 weeks, what are you gonna do? I tell you what you're gonna do. You're gonna get up and you're just gonna walk. You're gonna take a walk with Jesus every day. So how do we do that? Luke chapter nine, let me repeat it and we're gonna get four instructions of how you can exercise, how you can get going with Jesus. Then he said to them all, if anyone wants to follow after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life because of me will save it. Four instructions on how to walk with God. And they're very simple. Again, I'm telling you, this is a simple teaching. It's not if you know it, it's are you doing it. The first statement from Jesus, to walk with him in 2024, number one, you must want to do it. You must want to do it. You say, well, that's, yeah, that's kind of obvious. What is this, a self-help teaching up here? You know, are we going light up here? No. But you can't just do something unless you want to do it, Right? We have a couple of football teams in Lynchburg. I don't know if you've heard about them, but they had a pretty good fall. And you know what? This is an obvious statement. They had to want it, didn't it? 
They had to get up every day, practice, eat right, all the exercises, in the gym, coaches had, this, the coaching staff, though both teams had to want to win games, they had to want to do great, they had to want a championship, or those things don't happen. So what do you want in 2024? If I were to walk around in the audience right now with a microphone, put you right there, or put it up on the screen, honestly, what is it that you really want? Uh, there is an old Bible teacher and he writes this. He goes, there's what we show everybody and then there is our shadow mission. The shadow mission is why you're really sitting in church right now. See, we're all sitting in church in here and you're watching online, so hey, I'm doing good. We're, we're here, we look good. But oftentimes there's a shadow mission. Here's why I'm really here. I wanna get to that. What is it that you really want to accomplish in your life in 2024? You business owners know this, right? You got, what do you want? What are you trying to produce? What are you doing with your education, with your degree? So you've got to want it. Do you want to follow Jesus? Notice he offers it as a choice. Can I tell you this? You don't have to follow Jesus in 2024. And some of you know it, because you didn't in 23. But 2024, you've got to want it. Lord, give me a heart. I want to want you. I want to do the right things. Do you want to follow Jesus? Number two, you must deny yourself. You must deny yourself, give up things, be disciplined to walk with him. Now it gets a little bit tough, right? Because the first stop is just, well, you got to want it. But now you gotta get up and go to the gym. You gotta do something about it. He says, you have to deny yourself. Now, let me say this real quick. Here's why some of you've struggled with Christianity, okay? You grew up in church or you were in, you know, religious groups, but some of you've come from toxic teaching. Some of you've come from legalism. You have had uh, spiritually abusive leaders in your life, and I am sorry, but that's not God. And you need to shake that stuff off. But here's what toxic teachers say. Deny yourself. You wanna come, come walk with God? Here's what you gotta do. If you wanna be part of this church, if you want God to love you, you gotta do, 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 do. You gotta don't, 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 right? Here's the rules. I won't have you raise your hand. Some of you just got the cold chill of legalism that went down your backs, right? But religion says, don't, don't, deny yourself, deny yourself, deny yourself. That's bad, that's bad, that's bad, that's bad. But here's where you got robbed. You only got halfway through verse 23. Because Jesus does say, deny yourself, but where is it going? Deny yourself, so what? You can walk with Jesus. And dear brother, dear sister, you're stuck back there denying yourself and you never got the chance to walk with Jesus. Good news, good news, good news. You can do it in 2024, amen? So let's shake that legalism off. Let's get rid of the religion out of here. But we've got to deny ourselves. We deny ourselves. We, we work hard. We go to work every day and you know, we go to school and deny things we want, but man, we're gonna work on schoolwork. Or we deny ourselves. We're going to the gym. You know, this 21-day fast that's coming up, as Pastor Jonathan talked about, as he said, very simply, it's denying our appetites 
laying aside, not bad things, sometimes bad things, but laying aside things. And so we're going to deny ourselves some food or some carbs, or you're going to deny yourself bread, or you're going to deny yourself desserts or, you know, sugar or chocolate, or you're going to deny yourself coffee or... Okay, hold on. Well, let, me, let me think about that one. Um, well, let's, not, let's, not get, let's not get silly about it here, right? I mean, how does, how does the Lord expect me to get through the day if I don't, don't have my coffee? But anyway, I digress. As he said, electronics, maybe social media, maybe video games, 30-year-old guys, it's time. Set them aside for the 21 days. Not saying they're bad, but just take a little bit of a break. Come outside. Oh, there's sunshine. How? Been in my mom's basement too long. Uh, You know, you got to do these things. Deny yourself. Deny yourself so that you can walk with the Lord. Athletes exercise. Students study. Disciples discipline. Got it? Number three, this one takes a little more to unpack. He says, you must carry your cross daily. So you've got to want it. You've got to deny yourself, get rid of the things that you don't need to go on the trip with you. But now you've got to do something. You've got to pick up your cross. You have to pick up your cross daily and then follow him. But let me unpack that little phrase because those words kind of sidetrack us sometimes. He says, you must carry your cross. Notice this, and we will say two things that we're well-meaning, they're good-hearted, but it's not really true. Number one, sometimes we'll say, uh, well, I'm just carrying, I'm just carrying the cross of Jesus. That's me, I'm just carrying the cross of Jesus. Okay, what you mean is you're carrying his name and maybe the burden or the assignment he's put on you, but, but brothers and sisters, you ain't carrying Jesus' cross. You can't, and that's why he came because you could not carry it. Titus tells us that only a righteous man could live a life and take on the sin of the world and only that was Jesus. You could not carry the cross of Jesus. Only Jesus carries his cross. The other statement is this, and it's a good statement, I understand, but but we gotta change it up. You say, well, I'm I'm gonna carry the cross. I'm gonna carry, man, I'm just carrying my husband's cross. I'm just carrying my wife. I'm just doing all, I'm helping my kids. I'm I'm carrying their cross. I'm carrying their cross. If you read in scripture, here's what you'll notice. Jesus never asks you to carry any cross but your own. Because I can't handle anything else on my shoulders. Can you? And some of you, you've got a great heart. I might say this to mamas and grandmas in here. You're trying to carry everybody's crosses. Some of you men, you're working hard in three jobs, you're putting food. Man, I'm trying to carry everybody's cross. But you can't carry everybody's cross. We have a Savior. He's been carrying crosses for 2,000 years. Let him do his job. And by the way, don't steal someone's cross from them because God may want to teach them a lesson through that cross. You're robbing them of the joy of learning how to pick up their own cross and carry it. Get out of the cross-carrying business and just carry. Now, you can help carry their burden, Galatians 6 tells us. You can help carry their problem, yes, but not their cross. Which brings us to the question, what is the cross? 
What is the cross? And sometimes here too, we also misspeak because we'll say, well, you know, man, I've been sick. I got this, all this sickness going through the church, bronchitis and you know, what, RSV, all this lung stuff, man. Man, I've been sick. You know, that's just my cross to bear. Or uh, man, you know, I had a downturn in my business. That's just my cross to bear. Or, uh, you know, I got family members that are, well, that's just my cross to bear. Okay, change your language. That's your burden to bear. That's not your cross. What is your cross? Your cross isn't just suffering. I have this disease. That's my suffering. You're, you're carrying a burden, but that's not your cross. What was a cross? When people saw Jesus carrying a cross and walking towards Golgotha, what did they know it was going to end in? death. A cross just isn't a burden. A cross is death. What Jesus is saying is you have to take up your cross. You're you're dying to self. Every morning you have to wake up and die. Wake up and die. Wake up and die. Why? Because your way is not a good way. And we're not talking about salvation. Jesus died on the cross and he saved you. But what I'm saying is you have to deny yourself and you have to take up your cross. You have to die daily. Every day I have to die to my plans, to my appetites, to my addictions or habits or desires. Folks, you got to die to your dreams. Wait a minute, uh, 2024, we're all about dreams. Honey, you got to die to your dreams. They're too small. They are too small. And your God's looking at you going, is that all you got? I got bigger dreams for you than you do. And our dreams, let's be honest, they tend to be self-centered. So die to yourself. That's taking up the cross daily. And here's the great part. Once Jesus, he had to die to do what? I don't know, die for the, he had to die so he could rise again. If you don't die daily, you don't experience new life. You're trying to live your life your way without dying to self. It doesn't work. Die daily and understand that you're going to have resurrection power in your life each day like Jesus does, but you've got to die. And here's the key, die how often? Daily. And this is a big one. This is, this is habits. This is the whole thing that all of us have to get through. We have to do it daily. In Acts chapter 2, the early church, and we read about all the, that's a famous passage and has all these things in it. <clears throat> you know, they were reading scripture and praying and, and worshiping and evangelizing. But notice how often they were doing it. <clears throat> Verse 46, and day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. One Bible teacher said it this way, we love the functions in Acts chapter 2. We love the functions. Oh, well, yes, I, well, I like doing all those things. I'm going to get in the encounter Bible study. That's great. He says, we love the functions, but we miss the frequency. We miss the frequency. Now, everybody got shoes on? Because I'm going to step on toes. The average church member goes to church 1.8 Sundays a month. Folks, daily, daily, weekly, rhythm, cadence. You go to work every week. You go to school every day. You go to the gym. You're at the field. Here's what it is. We do what we love. 
I just don't seem to have time to be in a life group. I just don't seem to have time to, to serve in the church. I really wish I could. I just don't have a time. Here's why. Here's why. You front-loaded your schedule with the things you love. And when you front-load your schedule with the things you love, there's just not time for the things of God and the things of the church. Because it gets back to number one. What do you want? You want a better body or a stronger soul? You want a healthier business or a healthier family? What do you want? So we have to deny ourselves, take up our cross daily and follow him. Acts chapter 6 says that they fed the widows daily in the church. Acts chapter 16 says the churches were strengthened in the faith and they grew in daily in numbers. Acts 17 in Berea church there, they received the word with eagerness and examined the scriptures daily. And Hebrews 3 says, but encourage each other daily while it is still called today. Paul Tripp has this great statement. I like it. He says, God's work in you is a process, not an event. It progresses not in three or four huge moments, but in 10,000 little moments of change. The character of your life is set in little moments. And what makes all this character change possible? Relentless, transforming, little moment grace. So we wake up each day, every day, committed to live in small moments of our daily lives with open eyes and humble, expectant hearts. It's daily. And then number four, we must follow Jesus. Again, this makes sense, but it seems really simple, right? Well, once we say, I want to walk with God, and then we deny ourselves, Hebrews says we take off all the, the paraphernalia and all the equipment we don't need and we deny ourselves, we take up our cross daily and we walk, then what do we have to do? Once that's happened, then we do have to follow Jesus. And in 2024, I know it's simple, but here's what it means. If Jesus walks there, I'm gonna walk there. Oh, that might mean a job change. It may mean that I change my major. It may mean that I have to give something up. It may be, is Jesus walking there? Well, then that's a new relationship or it's something maybe I have to give. I, I, I got to change things. I got to walk with him. He wants me to do this. Wherever Jesus walks, you have to follow. What about this? I like it up here. And I, I like walking with Jesus. Man, the sun's shining. I got my friends. I'm doing what I love doing. People notice me. Man, this is great. But what if Jesus starts walking here for you in 2024? And what if he starts saying, we're going to walk here for a while. Say, okay, it's not as fun as up there because that's nice. And, I, and what if Jesus says, come on down here with me. And what if 2024, he walks here the whole time. It's a little darker. People can't see you as much. I like it up there. You're getting to do what you like up there. But he wants you to be here. Here's my question to you. Will you follow him down here in the valley? Will you follow him? I've shared my, my life with you, right? Last few years, my family, Jesus has walked up there, over there, outside, <laughs> We've spent a lot of time down here. Now, I'm not a masochist. I don't love just, you know, you know, hey, let me go through hard times. But you know why it's okay to be down here? Some of you are down here right now, aren't you? Do you know why it's okay to be down here? 
because Jesus is here. And I will tell you this, I just turned 61. I'll, I'll tell you this in my years. I do know this, this is my testimony. I would rather be here. If Jesus is here, this is where I wanna be. I'd rather be up there, I like there. But if he's here, I will follow him anywhere. And I know that's a bold statement. And those of you that are just starting off in life, you go, I hope I can. The only way you get to be able to make that kind of statement is you've got to do it. What? Some of you people over 50, you got to do it every day, every week, every month, every year. You've got to do it. Will you do it? So how do we do it here at Thomas Road? Real simple, I'm just gonna to touch on this quick. You already know this. First of all, we, we walk with Jesus through our programming and the things we do, but, but this is real, real simple. We have a, a mission statement at our church. We're gonna put it up here. But our mission statement is, is pretty simple, and I just want you to read it with us because this is what we're gonna be doing this year. Thomas Road mission is to, say it, change our world by developing Christ followers who love God and love people. We want to change our world by developing Christ followers walking with Jesus who love God and love people. And we do that through three basic steps, okay? And here's another picture. I want to, I want to kind of show this to you. First of all, how to get started with all this. If you've never been saved, you need, to, you need salvation. You can't walk. There's no dead men walking. You can't walk if you're dead. You have to become alive in Jesus. And so first of all, you need salvation. Salvation and to be baptized. Now we know baptism doesn't save you, but it's that first part, that first step of being saved, repenting of your sins by faith, calling on the Lord for, for salvation. And then the very next step is to get up there and to post publicly your testimony. You're telling everybody, I am following the example of Jesus because my Jesus walked down into the water and I'm gonna walk down into the water with him as well. So salvation and baptism, let me ask you, have you been saved? If not, at the end of this service, in just a few moments, I want you to walk down here and talk with one of our team. Have you been baptized? If not, why not? If you've not been baptized today, today, I want you to start 2024. I want you to walk down here. Our team's going to be here. You can take out your phone right now and do the connect card while I'm talking. I would like for you to do the connect card while I'm talking. Please fill out the card, talk to somebody, and let's get this thing going. Let's take the steps. Be baptized. The next step is discipleship. And discipleship, we define it not, you know, you're a disciple, you're being discipled all of your life. Yeah, let's get more specific about it. Discipleship is learning the basics and loving God and loving people. Discipleship is what Jesus did in about three years with people in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's what Paul did in about three years in the book of Acts in places like Ephesus and others. And so discipleship is you coming down, talking with someone, and they take one of our start books, the basics of Christianity, and you meet with somebody or you get in a group and you just walk through the boot camp, the basic training. Have you ever been discipled? Have you ever been discipled? If not, fill out the connect card right now while I'm talking, take a step, come down and talk to somebody at the end of the service. The next part, what do we do once we're discipled? Well, the rest of your life is just very simply this, love God and love people. We love God and love people. Every day, every week, we just take these steps. 
And you know what Thomas wrote? We say it in these six words. There's six steps, marks of a Christ follower. These are our six values, scripture, prayer, worship, sharing, serving, and community. Scripture is reading God's word. My wife and I read the Bible at seven o'clock at night. I do my chapter reading right before I go to bed. Why? Because I like to go to bed with scripture on my mind. Read the Bible every day. I've read the Bible every day for years. I've not missed a day in years. Why? Because I'm desperate for it. So you need to decide right now, I'm gonna read the Bible. Every day you can get a reading plan off of our site. Prayer, you need to pray, talk with God every single day. Praying, getting these prayer groups. We're gonna do 21 days of prayer, set aside special time for praying. I've been having some lunch with some uh, men who used to serve and lead with uh, Dr. Falwell. Uh, Duke, I think we're having, we're having lunch this week. And I hear the same thing when I ask about the pastor who started this church, and you know this, what is the number one thing that made the difference in his life and leadership? And I'm hearing the same thing from all the men I have lunch with, prayer, prayer. Jerry Falwell, as a 22-year-old in college, every afternoon prayed for hours. He had a room and he'd go and pray. Once he started pastoring, it was 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. You could call him before 6 a.m. and he would talk, or he'd call you before 6 a.m. You could talk with him after 7 a.m., but you couldn't talk in that hour. You know why? He was dedicated to prayer. How do you think all this got here? Skill? Yeah, a little bit. No, prayer, talking with God. So pray. Worship. Worship is everything. We got to be careful because oh, it's everything. Worship is singing. Yes, it is. But worship is sacrificing our lives to God. And so you need to give your life to God. By the way, worship, purity, holiness. Some of y'all need some sexual purity. That's worship. I'm glad you sing loud, but you need some sexual purity in 2024. That would honor God with your body. Your body is a temple of the Lord. So honor God, give to the Lord, tithe. Yes, give money. Because where your treasure is, that's where your heart is also. Community. You know, we say this, we're going to be talking more in the next couple weeks. You need a life group. You need to get in one of our groups or classes on Sunday morning. You need brothers and sisters. You need to be in a caravan of Christ followers. My wife and I have been in a group for 20, 25 years. Sometimes it's been on Sunday morning. Sometimes it's been Tuesday nights. It's been Wednesday nights. It's been Friday nights. And right now it's on Thursday nights. This past week, we ate together, we're praying, we're taking meals to people who are sick, we laugh, we read God's word, we're doing the six values today. You need community. Serving, do you know your spiritual gift? Do you know your gift? Are you serving? Ephesians 2 says, you were created for good works. What's your good work? You need to be using your skill, your talent in this church, and then in your neighborhood and in our community. And sharing. Sharing is speaking the gospel, telling the story of Jesus, his death, burial, resurrection to your neighbors, to your friends, and taking it on missions trips. Those are the things that it takes to follow Jesus. By the way, I just want to throw this in real quick. You can go to our website and check this out. How do we do this with children, students, and adults? Real simple. Go to our website. You have all the programming there. But I will tell you, if our team was standing up there, up here, they would just very simply say, it's these things they're doing. But children, children are mainly doing these things on Sunday morning and Wednesday night. 
When you take your kids here Sunday morning, they're in small groups and large groups, and they're they're being walked through all of this. Wednesday night, same thing, large groups and small group, Awana. Of course, we have things like uh, camps, and we have VBS, TRFX, that Jane and her team did a great job this last Sunday night. But here's the big thing that our kids' team would want to say to you. They're doing this, but they want to do it with you, moms and dads. They want to do it with you, grandparents. It's the home and the church we want to work together. Teenagers in here, we are so glad that you are in here. Our students, our middle schoolers and high schoolers. How do we do all these things? Same way, our student team would say this, primarily Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights. Wednesday nights, of course, is our big TRS, and they have large groups and small groups, and they're preaching the word, and they're doing a lot of fun stuff, and they're serving. We have 150 students, though on Sunday morning, 150 of our students are working. You've heard Aaron say this before. They're serving throughout the church, and we've got more room for you. Sunday mornings, teenagers, we want you right in here. This is learning God's word. This is praying. This is fellowshipping and worshiping. We want you in here. And of course, episode and retreats and those types of things. But again, our youth pastors or student pastors would say, it's not just for them to do, they want to partner with the home. And adults, I don't need to tell you because you already get it. You need to be in Sunday morning, and you're here and good job, keep it up every uh, Sunday this year. You need to get in a group, you need to get on a serving team. We will help you take all of these steps, but you have to be the one that initiates it and does it. Jesus wants you to walk with him this year, every day in 2024. Bible teachers estimate just by reading the gospels that Jesus walked 3,125 miles during his three years of ministry. Sometimes he was in a boat, every once in a while he was on a donkey. But he was walking those whole Matthew, Mark, Luke, you know, and John, right? He was, he was walking the whole time. But he was walking at three miles per hour. You say, what does that mean? Well, we know that because the average human walks at three miles per hour. In other words, Jesus came to earth, mighty God came to earth, but he walked at three miles per hour. Why? Because he felt what we were feeling. He was a human. But it also means this, if he was walking at three miles an hour, you could walk alongside him. And you could go at his pace because he was going at your pace. There's a Japanese theologian, Kosaki Koyama, and he wrote a little article about God is a three mile an hour God. Meaning he wants to walk with you. Listen to what he says. Love has its speed. It's an inner speed, a spiritual speed. It's a different kind of speed from the technological speed to which we are accustomed. It goes on in the depth of our life, whether we notice or not, whether we are currently hit by storm or not, at three miles an hour. It is the speed we walk, and therefore it is the speed the love of God walks. God wants to walk with you. My mother-in-law, Mary May, in 2020, we were just talking about 2020 and, you know, the craziness of 2020 and COVID and all. And my mother-in-law was a widow. She lived in a little farmhouse in Lima, Ohio, out there in the cornfields. And at the end of 2020, she was one of those people. She was healthy. She was in her 70s. She got COVID. And in a month's time, she was gone to heaven. It was very hard on all the family. 
But as we got, and people, she had people there, but she, she was in her house, and she passed away actually Christmas week, 2020. She died in a hospital on a ventilator. It was a hard way to go. It was very, very, very hard. But here's the beauty of it. <clears throat> we were cleaning out that old farmhouse later, going through all this stuff, and my wife and, and her sisters and brother, they found notebooks beside her bed. And they were just regular spiral ring notebooks. They weren't fancy. And they opened them up. And my mother-in-law, Mary, every day, in pencil, she used to be a bookkeeper. Every day, she filled those pages with what she was reading and what she was praying. Oh, she'd always also write today's um, temperature outside. You know, that's just what she did. But in her, alone in that little house, she every day... And I picked up the last one and I turned it to December 2020. And she was sick with COVID and she was going downhill. We finally, they finally, she, I don't want to go to the hospital. She got in the hospital and I read until the day she went to the hospital, she was sick and you could tell that her handwriting was like, ugh. And she was in Hosea of all things. But as sick as she was, it just grabbed my heart. She was going to walk with Jesus. And you say, oh, that's so sad. That's so sad about Mary. That's so sad. It ain't sad at all. Because every day of her life, Mary walked with God. And then one day, God walked her home. John tells us, the one who says he resides in God ought himself to walk just as Jesus walked. Where are you going? Where are you walking in 2024? Who are you following in 2024? And who are you walking with? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. With our heads bowed and eyes closed, I want to take just a moment. The invitation is real simple. I'm, I want to just give you a quiet moment for you to pray. You've heard me talk. I'm trying to be your gym coach today. But let me give you just a moment. You talk to the Lord. What is it you want to do? What is it you're going to do? I'm going to ask our team to come right across down front here. And our team is going to be down front. I want us all to stand. Let's all stand together with our heads bowed and eyes closed. And very simply in 2024, here's what I want. Our team is going to be down here. If you need to join a group, walk down here. If you need to get saved, walk down here. If you need to be baptized, walk down here. If you want to know about our student ministry, walk down here. If you want to join Thomas Road Baptist Church, you've been coming a long time. It's time. This is your family. You're eating your meals here. Join the family. With our heads bowed and eyes closed, let's just pray. As we leave today, you're going to have a chance to come down, do something. Just don't go, that was a nice verse. It's time to take a step. And so, Lord, we start this year walking with you. And God, we know that there's no other way to go. You are the way, the truth, the life. We've got to walk with you. So God, we pray for each other, those around us right now. I pray this will be the greatest year for families, for marriages, for life groups, for this church as we follow you. God, if there's somebody here today who's never accepted you as their savior, help them to realize that they are a sinner and they're on their way to hell. 
And they need to be walking with you. And Jesus, you died on a cross and were buried and rose again the third day. And if by faith they call out and they believe on you and they ask, God, you will save them. I pray that will be the big step that some people take. Baptism, church membership, groups, scripture reading, prayer, giving, serving, witnessing. God, help us to do it in 2024. We love you, Jesus. We look forward to where the path will take. We trust you. And it's in the strong name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen. Church, as you go out today, come talk with the team, fill out a connect card, watch the next couple weeks. We're going to be helping you take these steps. God bless you. Have a great week. I want to thank you for joining with us today. If you've never come to the place of recognition in your life of being a sinner and needing a savior, you can do so right now. Believing that Jesus died on the cross for your sins and rose again to give you eternal life. Just ask him to save you today. If you would like to talk further about what it is that God has done for you in the giving of his son, Jesus, we would love to chat with you about that. I would encourage you to email us at the address that is on the screen, pastor at trbc.org. We would love to connect with you to help you begin a brand new journey with Jesus Christ in your life. And if you would like to help to contribute to our ministry as we take this message of the gospel around the world, go to the link on the screen today and help us help others with the amazing message of God's love. To let them know that God loves them, that Christ died for them, that he rose again. And through Christ, we have hope.